All right, if you have your Bibles, grab those. Luke 9.23, we'll get there shortly. Luke 9.23, but I want to start off by saying Happy New Year. We, we've made it. 2022, we are here. Now, we're only two days in, um, but hey, we're going to celebrate like crazy, right? Two days in and things are going good so far, not too crazy, I hope. Uh, any, any resolution? Anybody, anybody still do that? You still do like resolutions? Anybody make resolutions? Like, I'm not going to ask you like what they were, but okay, there's a couple, couple, okay. Um, anybody break those resolutions yet? Dude. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just joking. I, sometimes I'll do resolutions, sometimes I won't. This year was a year for me. I'm not doing a resolution this year. I'm just not going to do it. Um, instead, instead, a little bit different maybe, kind of a different take, a different direction on it. Um, uh, more going to be goal setting. Now, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm setting some goals, writing down some things, um, I'm, and I'm doing it for me personally. Uh, I'm doing it for me as my family, and I'm even doing it for us here as a church. Some things that I'm just, man, just praying and seeking and asking God to do, to accomplish in, in me individually, and then also uh, through my family, and then also through us here as, as, a, as a church. And so I think, I think one of the cool things about the new year as the year rolls over from the old year to the new year, it, it kind of gives us that time of just like a, a fresh start, C- kind of a, a blank slate, a, an opportunity to be able to uh, kind of a good cut from and, and starting over or looking into. And so uh, 2022, as, as we fly into it headlong, ready to go, I just, uh, I'm just asking God to do some things. I'm just kind of refocusing my heart, refocusing my, uh, my attention, refocusing my, uh, my love, my devotion, those type of, of, of things, and just asking God to, to do a work. Do a work in me, do a work in my family, do a work in us as a church. And I just believe that this is the year that we finally get after it in some areas. That this is the year where we're a couple years into uh, what has been crazy uh, ever-changing uncertainty. We're a couple years into that, and I know that, that that's still out there looming over us, but, uh, but, but church, I just believe it's, it's time to go. It's time to get at it. It's time to uh, uh, focus in like we've never focused in before, to put our attention and our desires on things that are of utmost value and effort as it pertains to the kingdom, uh, to, to, to fix our eyes on. And I just, I just feel like God has done work even in spite of in those two years. That he has done work and he has accomplished some greater things in us, though it may not feel like it, it may not seem like it, but that's usually how growth happens, is it not? You're kind of just going along, you're kind of just walking with, you're kind of just seeking after, and then all of a sudden you're, you're thrown into something. And after you come out of that something, you look back to see, oh, well, normally I would have responded this way. Or normally I would have done it that way. Or normally I would have let this take place or occur but instead seeing God mature us and grow us and raise us up. And, and so I'm just praying, I'm praying for a fresh move here. I'm, I'm praying for God to just work in a way that, that, that only he gets glory and honor. So, so my hope, my plan, my prayer for this morning, all, all I want to do this morning is this, is I want to invite you to join us as we get at it this year. Whether you're watching online, I know we've got some that are sick and at home this week, had some exposures, different things like that. If you're watching online or if you're here in this place this morning, I just want to invite you. I want to invite you in to be a part of, uh, of, of who we are and what we're doing as the body as we get at it this year. And then what I want to do is I want to show you the kind of commitment that it's going to take. Kind of raise the bar a little bit and show you what is expected of, uh, of not just if you, if you land here and say, yes, I'm in and I want to do this, or if you land somewhere else. This, this is all throughout the scriptures for a follower of Jesus Christ. This is the expectation of commitment as it pertains to that of being a follower of Christ, of being a born-again 
man or woman of, of Jesus. And so then what we'll do is we'll be very intentional over the next six to eight weeks to, uh, to just walk out and outline like we've never before done the mission here at New Life Baptist Fellowship. Because see, the vision is where you're going. The mission is how you accomplish that vision that God's given you. That's what we're talking. We're talking missional stuff here. How we walk that out, how we live that, what that looks like. And my hope and my heart is I don't want to nonchalant, yeah, okay, sure. Uh, probably, yeah, or I'll try. And I'm talking about like fully submerged. I want to rally the troops. Like I want us to believe in, buy in, be a part of something that's bigger than us. To watch God move and do this year like he's never done before in this community, in this church, in us. It got, got me thinking. Um, as a kid growing up in West Virginia, um, we, we had a pool. Um, and of course, as kids, like you always want the pool to be, you're ready for the pool to be open. I mean, if it's a sunny day and it's, it's a little over 50 in West Virginia, you're ready. Let's open that thing up, man. Like, y- y'all down here like, like it's, it's cold and 70. Um, no, no, like, like we're, we're ready to go. Like, and as kids, you're crazy anyways. You don't have that, it's not cold and your lips are turning purple and your teeth are shattering uh, as you go. And so I can just remember growing up, we had a pool and it would get close to that time of the year. It's starting to get a little sunny, warmer in West Virginia. And um, I, I can remember dad, it would take him a couple, uh, a little bit to kind of get the pool up and running, get it going, get the chemicals in it, get it clean and things like that. And, and, and I can remember that first dip in the pool. And, and it was one of those things of you, you knew what was coming and you tried to prepare yourself the best that you could, but it was always, always colder than what you thought it was going to be. It never failed. And, and so, so with that, um, getting open and stuff and being ready, and, and, and so you think it's ready, though it's not warm enough yet, but, but, but as a kid, you don't care. Like, it's water, and you know what happens. You, you just want to do this thing. And so it was one of those things of, as a kid, you, you, you didn't feel the water before you got in, because there would be no getting in if you felt it. I mean, you're not, you're not even sticking your toe in it. I mean, you're, you're, like, you're, you're not even, you're not, you're, there's none of that. You, you know better. You've tried that before and it doesn't work. And, and there's no like wading in. Like if we just go on the ladder knee deep and kind of uh, get acclimated. You don't get acclimated like that. So, so for us as kids, it was one of these things. And there was like this little deck. I can remember it. There was this little deck. And so what we would do, hand on the deck. And there was the countdown. One. Two. Two and a half. Two and three quarters, because you knew you knew what was coming. Like, like you knew it was going to be difficult. It was going to, and, and once you're airborne, it's too late, you know. And you get to three, and you take off, and when you get there, and you like you're you're, it's there's no turning back at that point. You, you know what's coming. You know what's going to happen. You know you, you you prepare for the shock of in that moment. And what do you do? Boom, fully submerged. George, I guess that that's what I'm asking for. That, that's what I'm praying for this year for us. It's to be that type of people. I mean, we're cannonballing in for the glory of God, for, for the mission that he has put on the heart of this church for us to be and for us to do. And like I said, we're going to walk through a lot of that over the next six to eight weeks. But, but I, I, want a can, I want no turning back, no complacency. I want you to see yourself as a vital part of the team. And I'm afraid not many people get to that place. That for us, a Sunday morning gathering is just this hour of me just to come and just to sit and hear. But I believe that's the furthest from the Scripture paints the picture of what the church is to be. And when I'm talking about the church, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the people that, that reside in the building. The hearts that have been transformed for the glory and honor of Christ. 
And so I'm asking you, man, see yourself as a vital part of what God wants to do here. And so if you've ever questioned or wondered, man, what, what is my purpose in life? What, is, what, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to be a part of? I just don't have, I don't have no, uh, no reasons, no purpose. That, that's, that's anti-scripture. Anti-scripture. That's, that's the furthest from the truth. I mean, there is always need in the local body. There's always need. There's area of ministry opportunity. There's areas of, of serving. There's areas of, of opportunity to encourage uh, growth and maturity. There, there, there's a number of areas and places I mean, that we could plug and that we could put you in and that you can serve and that, that you would do a phenomenal job at because God's wired you for that. Let me give you an example real quick. I love how Paul describes it here in two, two different places in the Scripture. Um, it's not going to be on the screen, but you can just listen. Romans chapter 12, verse, verse 3. Paul is writing this letter, and this is what he says. He says, Given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to their measure of faith that God has assigned. So God has given them a measure of faith. God has given them something. Verse 4, he goes on to for, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So, so we're one body. This is one congregation in that body here this morning. And we have many members. That's what he's saying. He's, he's describing to them and he's telling them this, that there's many of you, but you don't all have the same function. You all don't have the same purpose. You all don't have the same gifting. He's going to go into that. Verse 5 says, So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. That's just community. That's action. That's being part of the body. We're individuals, but we belong to one another. That we should be so connected with each other. You see that in the book of Acts, how they lived, how as a church is birthed, what's that, what that does. I mean, they're breaking together, they're living life together, going house to house together, they're worshiping together, they're serving together. If their need arises, what do they do? They're willing to they've got to help meet that need in that community, in that family, in that life. I mean, I mean, they just do life different. And my hope and my prayer is that we get to that place, that we look to this year, and that's where we head down the road to, to emulate and live that out. Individual members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. One body, many members. And there are people that sit in this room week in and week out that have got giftings that only come from the Lord. And he's gifted you that way for the purpose of service, for the purpose of, of making much of him, for the purpose of, of, of leading and caring for, for the purpose of, of maturity and growth. I mean, there's story after story after story in this room of how people can relate so much better to somebody else than I could of what God's brought you through or how he's gifted you or how he's wired you or what he's done in your life to get you to the place that you're at. There's so many stories. That's what Paul's alluding to. I mean, God, God has gifted you and wired you and, and given you something for what? To use for the edification and building up of his body. That, that's what spiritual gifts are about. That's what, that's what spiritual gifts are. Uh, for, for, for unifying us, for, for, for edification of the body, for, for, for lifting up, for encouragement. All of those type of things. And then what Paul's going to do is he's going to outline those in the next few verses. But I want to draw your attention to as he kind of gives this illustration yet again in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12, when he, when he says this, he says, For just as the body is one and many members. There he goes again, kind of referring to it. There's, the, there's one body. The universal church, and you've got the local corporate church, and that's 
of the universal body, uh, but locally here at 350, the body is one but has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one in body. So it is with Christ. That, that, that's, that's our rallying cry this morning, church. Like we gather in this place this morning under the headship of Jesus Christ. Not some guy that stands on a stage with a microphone. But under the direction of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of, of the Lord, he is the head of the body and we are a part of that. Verse 13, he says, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jew or Greek, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter uh, what you've been through. If, if you're a born-again believer, you're part of the body. And if you're a born-again believer, you need to be a part of a local body where you serve, give yourself, where you go all in. You go, last week we talked about wasting our life, and one of the ways that the church, church wastes their lives is just to come and consume, and that's it. And not to give their life away, not to serve. I can't tell you what it does in me and my heart and the encouragement that I get whenever I have the opportunity to serve and give my life away. When I have the opportunity to, to work with and encourage. Because as much as I have to offer, what I receive in that and what God gives me in that. I mean, how he builds me up, how he encourages me, what he does in me. I mean, the stories, and that's what I love how it talks about how we all belong one to another. Your story's not just your story. Your story's my story. I get to claim that, what Christ has done in you, what you've overcome, how he's raised you up, the work that he is doing in you and through you. And so I love it. He goes on, he says this in verse 14 of, of 1 Corinthians 12. He says, for the body does not consist of one member. So it's not about a professional doing something, organizing something, putting something together. The body does not consist of one member is what he says. But what of many? So the body is not about one. It's about the one, but not about one here. So there's not levels. There's not JV. There's not in training. No, God saves you for a specific purpose and a specific work to be, to be about the kingdom. To bring him glory and honor first and foremost. And then in that, he, he gives you how to, to unify the body, to edify the body, to encourage the body, to be, to be a part it breaks my heart the amount of people that just sit on the sidelines week in and week out. This consumer Christianity that has crept into the church, well, it's been here forever. To come and see and just watch and not give my life away and serve. And, and, and what Paul says, no, 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 one member, many of us in that member, what to, in that body, to what to accomplish and do. To accomplish and do. And I don't care how old you are, I don't care how young you are. It, it has nothing to do with age. It has everything to do about heart and posture. Will I be obedient? Will I be willing? And he goes on to say, and just look at the illustration that he gives, or listen to the illustration that he gives here in 1215. He says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? And then I love this in verse 18. But as it is, God. So all the blame is on God. He's the one that sets this thing up. He's the one that gifts. He's the one that, that puts in. He's the one that, 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 that wires us certain ways. But, but as it is, God does what? He arranged the members in the body. God put them in the body. God, God called to, God saved, God rescued. He arranged and put over and put in here and gifted this way. 
each one of them as he chooses. He's given you. He's arranged you. He's gifted you. He's done that work in you. Well, because he's got a specific purpose for a specific place for you to serve and give away and do. For, for you to go all in. For you to, to jump off the side wholeheartedly, fully in. He goes on in there and says in verse 20, he says, as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Many of us comprise one. Many of us have the great privilege in our, th- that's what blows my mind, is the fact that he would call any of us, the fact that he would gift any of us, the fact that he would use any of us, the fact that he would allow any of us, that should blow our mind. That, that should, that should uh, cause great marvel and, and worship in us as a result. Let me, let me try to illustrate what, what Paul's saying kind of, kind of this way. And so we're in the South, and I think this will resonate with us uh, really, really well and kind of uh, bring together what, what Paul is, is trying to talk about here. And so uh, in, in a few weeks, what's going to happen is, uh, and it happens every year, we're going to go into this dark period of, of time. And I'm not talking about like uh, fall or winter or snow. I'm, like I'm talking about like this, just this dark period of time where football ceases to be for the season. And you know what I'm talking about. You laugh because you know it's coming. Bowl season is about over, and then we can kind of cling to the NFL for a few weeks, and then we'll get the Super Bowl, and then after the Super Bowl is that, that period of mourning and wailing and weeping and looking forward to the future and what's to come. Because fall, I mean, yeah, we love summer and spring, and we, but the fall, we get, we get like a little taste of it with spring football, spring training, that kind of stuff. We can go and we can walk, but, but, but football is coming back. It, it's, we know it's coming back. And so I think maybe that this will resonate, and this, this illustration may uh, resonate even a little bit more for some in this room, and, and I'll explain here in a second, uh, because I haven't had the opportunity to kind of use an illustration like this uh, for this particular uh, group. I, I don't know ever, maybe, I think maybe in the early years when I got here, but, but the South Carolina Gamecocks, y'all, whoa, they won a bowl game. And, and that's not a slight, if you're, if you're, and I see some Clemson people, but if you're a Gamecock guy, man, that is, yes, that is awesome. I think they do this thing, do it, man. Like, like this, this is great. This is, I mean, I'm not from here, so I can root for everybody, right? Because my team will never do it. Mountaineers till I die. Um, or they kill me. So, um, but, but the crazy thing, I, I, was, I was talking to a buddy this week, and we was talking football a little bit, and uh, just, just talking life and talking about the Lord, and, and, and this just kind of come up, and we, we just started chatting for, for a moment. But, uh, but, but the thing that, that blows, blows my mind is, is look what they've accomplished and look at what they've done. I, I mean, do you remember, remember last year they went 2-8, and eight, no bowl. 2-8, no bowl game. Not a great year. And I know that there was a lot of adversity, COVID, all the, it was a COVID year, all, the, all those things in that season. It was, just, it was just a rough time. And then what happens this year, they get a new coach, right? And so they get a new coach. And as they get a new coach, mo- most fans or most people be like, okay, new coach, new system's coming in, new stuff's going to be implemented, different things like that. So this is, this is probably a wash year, throwout year, this year, next year. He's got to recruit. He's got to do a few things. He's got to make some stuff happen. Because with a new coach comes new philosophies, new, new environment, new ideas, all of these different things that happens. And so there, there probably wasn't a lot of optimism. And they begin to play the season. And, and I don't know if you, if you were ready for what was about to happen. Because, man, they faced some adversity this year, did they not? I mean, I mean they got wore out and beat up. Like, like COVID was still a factor. It was still there. And there's all these protocols, all this stuff that's there that's happening. And then what they're starting quarterback. And, and, and the thing about, about football is, is your quarterback matters. 
I mean, you've got to have a good quarterback. You've got to have a good system. You've got to have a, a number of things. But if you don't have a quarterback, the, the commander on the field that's going to lead your team, that's going to do for your team, that's going to uh, 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 set up and, and, and know and, and organize and put in, and, and call the plays and run the plays and, and, run, and those type of things. I mean, you're just in trouble. So they get their starting, starting quarterback, Luke. And what happens? He hurts his foot. Not to fear, there's a second string. And usually that second string is not ready for another three or four years if they make it that long. And so you put your second string in. But what happens with the Gamecocks is they have a graduate assistant that transferred from another school to come be a graduate assistant He wouldn't even come there to play. He was there just to help coach, learn, and to grow. But he played quarterback at another college. And what happens is they, they sign the kid up. He can throw a football. Let's do it. So, so the graduate assistant coach gets in the game and he becomes their quarterback. And he runs the team and he, he does that. And then he gets hurt after a couple of games. By this time, the, the starter, he, he's back. Healthy enough to try to get in there. He gets in there. What happens? He gets hurt even worse. And what does it do? It requires surgery. So, so now you go from your starter to some grad assistant coach kind of kid that gets in to, to now you're, uh, there you are again with your, your starter back, but he gets hurt again. And who do we got now? Let's, let's go to the third string quarterback who plays the last four or five games there. And then what does he do? He decides to transfer before they get to the bowl game. So the season is over, and then he enters the portal. And he transfers out, so he doesn't even play in the bowl game, but they actually made it to the bowl game. A winning record this year where they could get in a bowl and they could play in a bowl. And they get there, and they don't even have the quarterback who had led the team the last few, few games. So what do they do? They pack it up and go home. No. No. They pull together, do they not? They try to figure out, do they not? They do the work and remind themselves of the commitment they made at the beginning of the season. Well, because that's what a team does, is it not? That's what a body does. When there's one down, we pick each other up. When there's a hole or a spot, what do we do? We step in to fill it. But I don't play that position. Who cares? I mean, the team needs it. They need me. Who cares? Remember the mission. We're rallying around the mission that God has called us to. Why? Because there's a vision to reach, and that's how we get to the vision. That's how we live out the vision. We accomplish the mission. And so what do they do? They rally around that and they put a boy that's a receiver. Receivers can't throw passes. They catch him. But they throw a kid in there that plays receiver. And he, he plays quarterback for them. And you've got the other, other guy there that's this quarterback thing that's going on and happening. I mean, they were underdogs. No chance. You don't even have a quarterback, dude. Like, he just left and went to another, he's, he's going to another school. First year coach, end of the year, you banged up, beat up, hurt, wore out. But what do they do? They, they come out and they, they win the game. They win the game. Well, because they, they were all in. I know that's a Clemson thing. Don't, don't. You're flirting now. You, you had me, now you just lost me. Hang, hang with me for a second. Hang with me. But they bought in and they believed. They, they saw what the coach wanted to do in them. They bought into that. They believed in that. They, they, they went all in. They, they devoted themselves. A dang wide receiver said, sure, coach, I'll do whatever you, you want. You want me to, okay, I'll do it. I mean, I mean think of that in the church world for a second. So, so, Scott, you're telling me you need me to. Okay. Well, because it's bigger than me. 
Well, well, because there's more at stake than you can. I mean, this was a bowl game. I mean, it, it was about mayonnaise. Yeah, I brought this up here today for you lucky game. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he gets doused with, they win a trophy and he gets doused with mayonnaise. And I know what you're thinking, like, oh, I wonder where this illustration is going to go. Who's getting it this morning? But I mean, but that's what they did it for. And they went above themselves, they went outside of themselves, they did what they had to do. They scrounged together, they pulled together, they did whatever they had to do to, to see what God would, or to see what, what would happen or what could happen in church. That, that needs to be us. I mean, I think so quickly, we're, we're just so quick to hit the eject button and run. I think so quickly we're to, we're to sit in the corner and kind of like, ah, oh, but it's not how I thought it would be. Trust me. In my years of following the Lord and walking with the Lord, very rarely does it work. It'll get there, but does the, the path and the journey that we're on that takes us there, very rarely does it work out the way that I see it working out and what I would, how I would do it. And God, me and him, we have conversations sometimes. And I try to convince him uh, otherwise that maybe it would be better to do it this way, to which he just says, man, that's cute. I'm the creator of the universe. I'm omnipotent. I'm all-knowing. I, I think I've got this. I've been doing it for quite a while, Scott, and you're, you're like your little distorted view of, of 38 years. You just hang tight, big boy, because there's some stuff that I need to do in you to get you to that place so you can be a vital part of what I need you to be a vital part of so you can learn and grow. I mean, you would have never convinced a Gamecock that, that, that a receiver would lead their team to a bowl victory. Never. Maybe we'll win one or two games if we get to that point. I mean, they, they came together and they did what they needed to do. Why? Because there was a culture built. There was buy-in. There was commitment. There was the mission that was believed in. There was the environment that was set. There was trust that was made. There, there was a number of things that took place in that locker room to get them prepared and ready for that day. In church, I think we're at that place. I think we're at that place. I mean, all of that that was produced, it produced a bowl win in a culture that's going to continue for years to come, is it not? And so at New Life, we are with great dependency on God and the supernatural move of the Holy Spirit going to create an environment that cultivates a culture that's conducive for a move that only can be attributed to God. Let me say that again. At New Life, what we are going to do, we're going to depend greatly on our God and ask for a supernatural move of the Holy Spirit to help us create an environment that's going to cultivate a culture that is conducive for a move that can only be attributed to God. And so we're going to go all in with that. We're going to put some things in place. We're going to seek with everything that we've got. We're going to have a new way of, of thinking and being whatever it calls us to do, whatever God asks us to do. We want to go all in. We want our desires to match that of God in his heart. Inside the walls of this church and outside the walls of this church. Inside the walls of this church and outside the walls of this church. And what I'm here to say this morning is I want you to be a part of that. I want you to join in. And when I say reap the benefits of that, and I'll share with us here in a few moments some of those benefits here, here, here later of, of just something that God has done over this year that I think just should blow our minds. And even when I say benefits, not something to, to make us feel whatever, but, but, but something to, uh, uh, to bring us joy, which way outweighs happiness. Joy is a contentment that cannot be snuffed out or taken away. And I want you to be a part. 
I want you to be a part of that. Inside this church, outside this church, what, what we've got planned, what we've got coming, what we're asking God to do. So I'm going to ask you to join me as we pray. And then I'm going to hit you with the hard stuff. And I'm going to encourage you for a moment and ask you to pray and seek this week as next week we jump in headlong. I mean, I've been trying to get to where, where God wants us next week and he just hasn't let me get there. He just hasn't, I think he's trying to prepare our hearts, prepare, prepare the soil to be able to take the seed, to be able to grow and cultivate it in a way that, that's going to bring about the growth that's needed in our hearts to be able to say, yeah, to when we get to three, we let go and we jump with everything in us. Cannonball, I'm in, let's do this thing. Let's see what our great God will do. So, so join me as we pray, and then we'll jump into Luke uh, chapter 9 and look at this one verse. Father, help us to speak. God, help me. God, speak to my heart. Use me in a way that brings you glory and honor. God, I, may it not be my words, but may it be yours. God, I'm, I'm asking for a rally this morning. Rally the troops. Those here this morning, those online, those who are sick and couldn't make it, who are coming back into town from vacations. God, that you would rally us. One body, many members. God, help us see that and realize and know that there is purpose for every, every single person that comes to this place. There is great purpose and need in their life. Father, do a work. I need you. I beg you. Do it in me first. And we pray. Amen. Amen. Luke 9. This is Jesus speaking. It'll be on the screen if you, if you don't have a device or Bible. Luke, Luke 9, 23 says this. Then he said to them also, so Jesus is talking to, to a group here. He says, if anyone desires to come after me. All right, so, so, so kind of a, a big statement to start off with, is it not? If, if anyone desires to come after me, because we desire a lot of things, do we not? I mean, there are tons of desires in our heart. Tons that we have to sift through to make sure the desires that are honoring of the Lord or that just me desires, but I mean, I mean, there are tons of desires that we are faced with every day, and, and, and Jesus goes, goes right for the heart right to begin with. If, if anyone desires to come after me, when, when all reality, what you see in the scriptures is not everyone says, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm cannonballing in, I'm going all in, I'm doing this thing. I want to be a part. Why? Because when Jesus gives that invitation, then Jesus doesn't, he doesn't sugarcoat it, he doesn't okay, your best life now. Going home, do your thing, and this is what I'm going to do for you and give you, he tells them up front. I mean, the water's going to be cold. It's going to be difficult. Your, your, your lips are going to turn blue. Your teeth are going to chatter. You're going to want to quit and give up. You're going to want to stop. You're going to want to walk away. You're going to want to just sit and do nothing. You're going to, there's a number of things that Jesus outlines for us whenever he says, hey, if you want to be a part of this, if you want to be in, if you want to be mine. But that's about him. He doesn't hide it. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He lets us know up front the great call and demand. So if you desire to come after me, not all will go after him. And maybe some this morning's like that. I mean, because reality is, I mean, this is, it, this is easy. This is so easy. Come, sit for an hour, hear some guy on a stage, yell at you and get crazy and throw mayonnaise around, that kind of, I mean, that, that, that's the easy part. And you kind of halfway know what to expect He's going to open up the Bible. He's going to teach. He's going to say some things. He's going to try to encourage. He's going to try to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to work and convict and do. And he's going to, he's going to uh, uh, communicate what, what God's put on us. We know what this is as we gather here this morning in this place. This is the easy part. But, but I think a deeper question is how does your desire for Jesus look outside of the walls of this place in every other area of your life? Because it's easy to desire him in here. It's easy to be a Christ follower in here. 
But what about when we leave this place? Does your desires here match your desires there, wherever there may be? Because like mission, mission doesn't stop once we leave this place. No, no, no. That, that's really the, the starting point. And, and as we're going to look at over the next six to eight weeks, like, like salvation is not the end all. I mean, that, that's just the starting point of what God wants to do in us. Salvation is, okay, we're done, let's do, okay, we've done our thing, let's keep on going, let's, we're set. No, 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 that's just the starting point. And, and I would even argue opposite, like, like if you get saved and then you just sit and stop, I would, I would think probably there wasn't salvation. And that may seem, may seem mean, it may seem, I think that's a, a loving statement and assessment. Well, because what we see in the scriptures is when Jesus outlines what it means to be his, the masses that walk away. The people that leave, which is wide, narrow, if you'll find it. I think it's because we don't understand the commitment that we're making. I don't think we understand the, the bar that's been raised, that he is very, very serious when it comes to being his. It, it would be like this. I want to be a college football player. I mean, I've, I mean, I've, I mean, I've got some years under my belt. I mean, like I was... I was a high school star. Marvel at B. I mean, I mean, and then I went to college. I didn't play. I didn't play sports in college. I was I was going to play basketball, and then it just got burnt out. Anyways, I mean, so I've got like I've got some years of eligibility. Like if I would roll up on Clemson or Carolina's campus, like all right, Dabo, I'm here. What for? I mean, he'd look at me for like. Sure, I'll give you an autograph. There you go, dude. Or Beamer. Beamer. Like, dude, I was, I was part of the West Virginia cheering crew back in the day. Whenever y'all would whip us from Virginia Tech, your dad. I mean, I could, I mean, I could tell him some stuff. I'm like, I am here to play, sir. How old are you? What's your 40 time? It like, takes me two days to get there, but I'll, I'll, I'll train real hard this summer. But... But I, I want to be a part, but, but, but I just need to give you my schedule. I need to give you my availability. I, I need to give you what, what I feel like maybe you're not doing good at, that maybe we could do a little bit better at. Let, let me give you some pointers, even though you just won a bowl game with a, a receiver. Dabo, even though you've got a couple championships under your belt, kind of a rough year, oh, no, you didn't quite. But, but let, let me, I can be a week to practice. That's all, that's, all, that's all I can give you. But I will be fully in those two days for an hour and a half. That's it. And I'm not going full contact. I'm pushing 40. And if I get hit, you might not have me for the game. And if I start to like set all these requirements and expectations and start to like, hey, then this, this, and this, and then, what is he going to look at me and do? Somebody call security and get this yo-yo out of here. I mean, are you serious? Why do we think it's any different with Jesus? Why do we think it's any, any different about being a part of him and who he is and what he's trying to accomplish in this world and do about being a part of, of his team, about being a part of the body? Why do, we, why do we think it's any different? And when it gets difficult, we bail. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you the amount of times as, as a kid playing sports. You had those at practice. They just wanted the jersey and standing on the sidelines on Friday nights. Man, coach, I got a bum. I'm just going to be at the water cooler. And like they would just hang at the water cooler. 
and they're just like content to be a part of and have the jersey and kind of experience some of the things. But man, did they not miss out on the stuff on Friday nights. Man, did they not miss out on the stuff that took place, like the wins and being a part of that. Man, the pads cracking, the, the little hills that you overcome, the adversity that, that comes your way that you, you figure out and you work through to get. Man, they miss out on that. Church, don't, don't just hang at the water cooler. Don't go all in, be in. See the bar that Jesus has set, the standard that he has raised it to. And man, what we get out of it. What he does in us and allows us to be a part of. Anyone who desires to come after me, he says this, he says, let him deny himself. What he's saying is it's, it's, not, about, it's not about our wants. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about me. We gather to make much of Christ. We gather to be encouraged. We gather to be challenged. We gather to be uh, unified. We gather to be uh, rally around the reality of who Christ is and what he has called us and set us to do. And I think the thing that blows my mind is how much we make it about us and what we, what we understand about that. I mean, is it not exhausting to make life about you? Does it not wear you out? Because whenever it's not about you, how do you feel? Depleted, left out, anxious? Upset, depressed. I mean, there's a number of emotions that comes with that. And sometimes I'm just here to say, man, I want you to be a part of. I want you to be all in. I want you to deny yourself. I want to deny myself. It can't be about preference. It has to be about Jesus at all costs. It has to be about Jesus at all costs, no matter what. It's not about a style, it's not about what I like, what I don't like. It's it's not about what a group does or doesn't do. It's about God getting glory and honor and and lives being changed eternally forever. And and I say that because if we're going to make an impact this year in our community, if if we're going to make an impact in our world, we've got to pass self. That's what Paul's saying, man. One body, many members. One body, many members. It's different purposes, different functions, different things we're to be about. He goes on and says this, let him deny himself, and then he says, take up his cross. What do we know about the cross? The cross is a violent, degrading death. See, what Jesus is trying to paint a picture of here is total surrender. You want to be a part of it, there's got to be total surrender. It's not about me, it's not about my wants, it's not about my desires. Why? Because I'm dead. I've taken up my cross and I have died. And I think the heartbreaking reality in the church is this mentality of what, what is the least I can do in order to get by with and make it in. Not, I mean, I want to go home every day, wore out, whooped, tired, dragging my tail in the door. Man, I, mean, I want to be wrung out. I want to be exhausted. When I lay my head down at night, man, I, I just want to be spent for the cause of the cross and the direction that we're going as a church and as a people. Not, not what's the least I can get by with and make it and kind of get a star beside my name. And so again, Jesus, what is he doing? He's just hammering home this reality of all in. Well, we're dead to ourselves. We're dead to our desires. We're dead to, uh, to, to all of those type of things. There's something bigger happening and at stake here. I mean, if, if, if the kid would say, no, no, I no I'm, I'm a receiver coach. Throw me the dang ball. What happens? Probably doesn't end well. What happens? That's a selfish heart and a selfish attitude, is it not? What happens at the end of the day? There's no mayonnaise bath at the end. And we get a laugh at, man, those dang game cocks are, I knew, anyways. There's none of that. 
And then Jesus takes it a step further. He says, daily. So, so I want you to take up your cross and I want you to, to die. How? Daily. Every moment of every day, death is what he says. Meaning it's not about me, it's not about me, it's not about me. I mean, I've got some desires and I've got some wants and I've got some things that I want to do, but, uh, but it's not about me. Why? Because I'm, I'm dead to self. And, and I think he puts that little daily thing there is because so often we like to crawl off the altar, do we not? We like to fight so hard for the things that we think matter most that maybe don't. And so Jesus says daily. Daily. Death is something that must happen daily. And then he ends it and says this, and now follow me. Do it. When that desire that you have matches that expectation. And hear me, that's just a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. I can't muster it up. I, 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 can't, I, I, can't, I can't create it myself. I mean, I've got to have a work of God in me. I've got to have the Holy Spirit working, moving, and doing. And when that aligns and matches up in my desire... It's for Christ and Christ alone. And I have denied myself and I have died the horrific death of self. Now I go and I'll be a partner. I go and I follow. I do it. I, I go where he would go. I live like he would live. I talk like he would talk. I act like he would act. I react the way that he would react. I, I, I put it into practice and I live it out. Knowing that there's going to be days that I do better with it than other days. And that's quite all right. I mean, we're in process. We've not landed there. We haven't fully made it yet. So, so, so I'm going to put into practice. I'm going to live it out. I want to be led by Christ. I'm, well, because I'm dead to self and I'm, uh, uh, I'm residents of the Holy Spirit in me. And to be a part of the body, that's how I have to live my life. That's how I have to be. Uh, to be a pastor of a church, that's how I have to live my life. That's how I have to be. God, what do you want to do in this place? God, what are you saying? God, where are you leading? God, what are you trying to accomplish? God, I don't like that. You mean we got to, uh, don't think it'll work. <laughs> okay. And so maybe I buck against it for a little bit, but what happens? He always comes back. He doesn't stop. Like, you know, like that little kid on your leg when they're growing up? Dad, 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 dad. Like, we've been together for two weeks. They're on break. Dad, dad, dad. Dad, Daddy, that's God with us. He, does, he doesn't stop. Why? Because he sees and he knows and he understands there's a bigger, better way. And he's going to come back around and he's going to lead us that direction. He's going to press on. He's going to, he is going to work and do to accomplish what he sees fit and needs. So every area of our life must be dictated by our desire for him and our death to self. The way we talk, the way we live, Everything. Never a moment that we disconnect from being a follower. Never a moment. So as the band comes back up, I just want to ask you a couple questions and tell you a cool story to end with this morning. One is this, what's your greatest desire? What, what's your greatest desire? 2022, I've written down a list of goals for myself, for my family, for this church. And what is the greatest desire on that list. What's your greatest desire? And, and the reality is this, is if we were to follow you around for a day, two days, a couple hours, we could probably f figure out real, real quick what the greatest desire of your heart is. Is it for self or is it for Christ? Is it for making much of his glory, his honor, or is it for self-glorification and perseverance? Second question I ask you is this, are you denying yourself? 
Have you denied yourself? And maybe to take it even a step further, what is your relationship with Jesus costing you? It costs you to be a Christ follower. Man, because there's great, great cost. Man, but with it comes great, great reward. We can't focus on that here now. Man, but there's an eternity waiting for us where there's no more of this kind of junk. Nothing but, but worship and glory of our God. Are you denying yourself? What's that relationship with Jesus costing you? What has it costed you? Have you looked at it this year, what it might cost you to be His? The third question I ask is this. Are you taking up your cross daily? What does that death of obedience look like in your life? How did you die this week? How did you die this week? How did you die to self? How did you say, man, I really wanted to do this, but uh, I love Jesus and I'm a follower of his, and so I can't do that, so I'm going to go this way and I'm going to follow him here and I'm going to be obedient in that, even though I'm just not quite there yet. God, I'm going I'm to give in and follow you. Why? Because I've said that I'm, I'm going all in. What, what did that death and obedience look like? Maybe a little question here to, to ask before I tell this story is, is this, what would, talking about team, talking about church, what would the church look like if everyone was as committed as you? Let that sit there for a second. What would she be like? Where would we be, church? What would we be doing? What would God accomplish if everyone prayed the way that you prayed? If everyone was as serious about the scriptures as you're as serious about the scriptures? I mean, spent time in a study and getting to know the heart of God, walking with God, fellowshipping with God through the, through the study of his word. What about, what would the church be like if everyone was as committed as you in witnessing and telling people the good news of Jesus Christ? See, I, th I think there's church growth that happens here on a Sunday morning, but I think the greater church growth happens Monday through Saturday. When you go to eat today, when you go back to your community, when you live in your circles of influence, as you go to work tomorrow, Man, man, that's where church growth happens. That's where, like, yo, around that water cooler, let me tell you what God did this week in my life. Man, I didn't want to give in, but I did. And as I did, I said, okay, God, I feel like your presence is on my heart. And, and like, normally, y'all, like, I wouldn't do it, but, but this week I did it. And, and I, just, I just said Jesus to somebody. And they looked at me like, boy, you crazy, what? And it just opened up a door for me to be able to share and talk for a minute. And I didn't do a great job at it, but, but, but I did something. And it finally got to a point where I invited him to come over to the house for, for a meal and just hang out. Like, like very rarely does it end. Hey, why don't you come to New Life? What? Why don't you go? No, I just, I just want to be in your life first. I want to get to know you. I, want to, I don't want them to know. There's no hidden agenda here. But, but if everyone witnessed the way that you did, what about if everybody gave the way that you gave? time, finances, we can play with that however much we want to. What would the church be like if everyone served the way that you served, inside and outside? 
our children's ministry be in a better spot? Would it be in a worse spot? What about our youth? I've got a guy. I've got a guy for the last week and a half hasn't been in town. Why? Because he's given his life away in such a way to go and serve and be with students. And he hasn't even been home the last week and a half. Why? Because he's up in tennis. Oh, but he's youth pastor. I just have Yeah, they're having fun. But you know what? The first one up, you know, the last one down, you know who has to answer for if something goes wrong? I mean, those are your babies, yo. Like, we'll, we'll take him out if we need to. I'm with you. The weight of that? Got in a van and left today to take some college students and some high school students? I mean, how awesome would it have been if, if I'd had three adults? Man, I, I want to go. Why? Because I'm going to be stuck with students for the next 48 hours. And man, the influence that you can have in that, the wealth of knowledge that you offer and that you bring to the table. Man, if everyone would serve and give their life, what if everyone discipled the way that you discipled? Okay, God, it's not on a Sunday or it's not on a Wednesday, so I can't really, uh, I'd love to give in more, but I just can't do it. And it's a great pitch to get everybody signed up and involved, isn't it? It's how Jesus would do it. It's how Jesus has done it for years. And you know what the crazy thing is? Is something inside of somebody clicks. It's like, I'll do it. Yes, no sleep for four days, I'm in. Stinky, smelly middle school boys because they all stink and they're smelly. I would love to be around kids that don't take a shower for four days. Sign me up. Why? Because in that you know the investment that you get to have in that kid's life. Man, man, I can tell you now, numbers, the number of students that I've had the opportunity to do that with, man, that are still there. When something major happens in their life or there's, there's this, this turmoil, or there's the, call, the, the calls that I get, and they're off serving elsewhere. They're off doing life elsewhere. Uh, but, but the opportunity to have, to be able to invest in and, and walk with and raise up, what would the church look like if you, if, 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 it was, if we did the way that you did? Where would she be? So 2022, and I want to invite you in. And I say all that to say this, is that it's fine to be where you're at. Just don't be satisfied where you're at. If, if you're one that practiced two days a week, hey, let, let's give it three this year. What do you say? Come on in, man. Try it. Get, try it out. Give it a shot. See what happens. See what God does. See what He'll do. See what He'll do. And the story I want to close with is I think it's a really, really cool story because it was about a year ago I stood on the stage and I said, hey, church, I need you. I need you to pray and I need you to, to seek and, and I want your support in this. And I asked us to go all in in a, an after-school program an after-school ministry to go all in an after-school ministry. Let's do this thing. Let's see what God will do. I mean, it's a horrific time to start this. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, things are crazy. We don't know what's going to happen. There's money involved. What will we do? And so we prayed and we seeked and it came around time for a vote of confidence. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. Let's see what God does. And this past summer, we had 38 kids. This school year, we have 32, 34 kids right now. And the crazy, it's not about numbers, but it's all about numbers. Because what that means is this, is that those 38 to 34 kids, they get to hear the gospel every day. Y yes, thank you. They, they get to hear the love of Jesus. And the number of those students that aren't churched blows my mind. Parents want nothing to do with church, but they'll send their kid to a church after school ministry. We've got ministry in the name for Pete's sakes. Send them on, we'll take them. I mean, all walks of life, all backgrounds, a whole summer, like 12 hours. 
In the evening, we get four hours with these kids. And I'm telling you, like, yo, like it's not just like hanging out with them and just playing uh, uh, four square and shooting basketball. I mean, I mean, like they're giving them Jesus. They have memory verses every week. I mean, we've got teachers loving on them. Uh, like, like the past two weeks, they've been here every day almost. Um, I know they've been off a few days, but, but they've been here. Like, they, like, the, I, like I walked back there this morning before everything starts happening here. And I walked back there and I looked in one of those rooms. And there are like these silhouettes. It looks like crime scenes are all over the walls, what it looks like. But like these silhouettes of the kids. And then the, what the leaders is, they had them write. What's, what's some of your goals for 2022? I mean, these are like, like elementary school kids. I want to learn my Bible verse for the week. Man, I want to read the Bible more this week. I, I want to, and it was just all the, I mean, it was, I mean, yeah, they had the goofy stuff. Like one just wants to pass kindergarten. Sister, I'm with you. I've got, I've got a kid in that same place. I want him to pass kindergarten. But man, to hear and to see, 38, 34, we, we've had about four of those families and kids visit this church with about two or three landing here saying, hey, this is our place of worship. We've had about five to six middle school kids join week in and week out our student ministry on a Wednesday night for worship. Let me tell you what God did this past week, though. Austin goes away for this conference in Tennessee, and three of those students from the after school go with him. And while he's there, I get a text from him one night. And usually when you get a text at night, it's like, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm, in the car. I'm about there, bud. Hold on. And he said, Scott, who gave their life to Christ? And I don't know if we understand the scope and the depth of that this morning, church. Two students who a year ago, we were just praying God would do something crazy, did something crazy. Two students' lives are forever eternally changed. That's what I'm asking you to come all in on. That's what I'm asking you to be a part of. That's what I'm asking you and begging you to give your life away to. Two lives robbed from the pit of hell to be eternally separated from that and alive in Christ that, that will grow one day to be godly people in this community that we begin to pray for and walk with and disciple to, to raise up that they'll, that they'll be ferocious people of God. That's, that's what took place. That's what happens when you go all in and say yes. To say yes. And to see God's hand all over. Yeah, we got a, a, a donation of $100,000 given. We got, we, we've got some deals on some things here. We've got some, some gifts. That we, people taking care, I mean, people taking care of and doing and hear me, that ministry's nowhere where it needs to be yet, but it's, it's not finished. Oh man, we've got nowhere to go but up and to press in and to ask God to move and do and to be faithful with and to seek after. So 2022 is here. And next week I'm going to dive into a series, a continuation, and ask you to take it a step further. All I know is this, is that I want you. I want you part of the team. I want you around. I want you included. I want you in on the benefits of what God's going to do, how he's going to be. And, and this isn't a ploy to join a church. This is a ploy to be, to be a member of God who functions and lives and does in a way that brings him the utmost glory. 
I'm asking you, wide receiver, to join and be a part of as a wide receiver, as a a foot, as a hand, as a whatever it is you are, whatever gifting you've got because you've got a gifting and sitting on the sideline does not help the team. It does not accomplish the mission which will lead us to the vision. So we'd be part. And I don't want an answer this morning. And I want you to sit on it because it's easy in the moment to be yeah, fired up two guys say, oh, it's awesome, it's great, let's do it. Because you know what it took? It took a year off. Investing in and dying to self and walking and having hard conversation and difficulties and to get to that place. Man, where we get to celebrate like crazy the reality that God rescued two from death who will eternally be changed. So man, I'm asking you to go this week and pray. Seek God and ask him, God, where, what is this? Yes, I want, let him settle that for you and then you dive headlong in because next week we're going to get very, very serious and intentional as we get ready to roll out some things that's going to help us be more community-driven inside this place and fellowship-driven inside this place that we can take outside of this place. And I'm just, I'm begging you to be a part. I don't want you to miss the mayonnaise bath of when God pours and God does. Father, help us this morning to hear from you Help us this morning to be obedient to. Help us this morning to, God, just to hear your voice and follow after. God, to look at a room like this, to know the men and women that you've brought to this place. Man, the ability that we have. With your help, with your guidance, with your direction. Man, to accomplish and do. Oh, God, I, I, just, I just believe that you have got greater things for us. It's two this year. I can't imagine what it's going to be this coming year. God, do a work. I beg of you. And we pray. Amen. You stand. Eric and the band is going to lead us this morning in a time of response. If you want to come pray, if you want to talk more, would love to minister with you this morning.